This is a Federal News Network podcast. If Defense Department civilians thought some sort of return to the office was imminent, well, think again. In fact, with the apparent surge in COVID cases sweeping the nation, the Pentagon is notching up telework under a new condition called Bravo Plus. Here with details and other new happenings in DOD, Federal News Network's reporters Jared Serbu and Scott Massioni. Jared, tell us more about Bravo Plus and the new telework policy. It is a, a little bit confusing that the Pentagon initially set out these health protection levels for the Pentagon and, and really every other facility. Um, back in the summer, they, they downgraded themselves from HPCon Charlie to health protection, uh, health protection condition Bravo. And instead of going back to Charlie, they're going to something newly invented called Bravo Plus. And, and really what it means is that as you said, more more teleworking in the Pentagon itself. There was a target of about 20 percent um, uh, of the entire workforce teleworking during Bravo. And now under Bravo Plus, they're really significantly increasing that up to 60 percent. I would say the main other uh, change that's happening here is more restrictions on gatherings. So now at this point, only 25 people at a maximum are allowed in any kind of gathering in the Pentagon. Um, used to be 50 under health protection, uh, health protection condition, Bravo. And should say this applies not just to the physical uh, Pentagon, but to what they call the Pentagon Reservation, which would also include the Mark Center in Alexandria, Virginia, and uh, all of the leased office space that DOD has around the National Capital Region. And what about the rest of DOD nationwide, or is this strictly National Capital Region? Strictly National Capital Region, as far as this change goes, uh, the, the, the one other the one other area that this affects is the Armed Forces Retirement Homes. There is one in Washington, D.C. There's another one in Gulfport, Mississippi. Um, the, those do fall under the same jurisdiction, but no real change there. They are at the highest level health protection condition uh, delta just because of the vulnerable populations in those areas. And Scott, there is a increased army response. I guess it's an evolutionary response. They've been working on it ever since uh, the death that occurred at Fort Hood last summer to the re- to harassment and assaults, sexual assaults. What's going on there now? Right. Well, you know, you and I have talked about this all summer and, and later on, and it's been more than one death at Fort Hood. And now the military has been looking into why this is happening and not just at Fort Hood, but in other places. But specifically Fort Hood, because that has been sort of the epicenter of these sort of situations. The Fort Hood Review Committee will be coming out with its uh, its basically final proposals and final recommendations around December 18th. But as a preliminary message, the Secretary of the Army, Ryan McCarthy, has said that they're already going to start looking at their sexual harassment assault response prevention program, which really is how people call in and say, hey, I've been harassed. You know, it reminds people about the training that they have, all that sort of stuff. Um, And, you know, really, the thing is, is that a lot of organizations have been saying for years that this really just doesn't work. It's something that, uh, you know, needs to be updated more. It needs to have, um, you know, more uh, power and oomph behind it. So, uh, you know, the military assault and harassment numbers are on the rise. The Army is going to be trying to do something about it. And uh, they're hoping that when this report comes out, they'll have recommendations ready for every line item. But this SHARP program's on the first on the list right now. We're speaking with Federal News Network's reporters, Scott Massioni and Jared Serbu. And Jared, it seems hard to believe, but the military has an improper payment problem in the payroll that it's giving its own people? Yeah, both both civilians and military at this point. So, you know, the, the positive spin on this would be 
this is why you do a financial audit in the first place if you've never done one before because it uncovers problems. But but I think this is a really strong indication that at this point, DOD really is finding problems at a faster pace than they are fixing them. The latest audit uh, that just came out last week showed that DOD has now discovered a $5 billion improper payments problem in the accounts it uses to pay its civilian workforce, very similar to the multi-billion dollar problem they found in the multi- in the military workforce the year before. The, the kicker on this one is that of that, you know, we're used to hearing about improper payments and asking, were these underpayments or were, we, were these overpayments? In this case, more than 99% of that $5 billion, they just don't know. They're, they're, they are categorized, categorized as unknown. There is simply not enough documentation to know whether the, profit, uh, the, the payments were ever legally authorized in the first place. Now, it's hard for me to imagine that DOD really did just vaporize $5 billion. Uh, it, my, my guess, I can't prove it, obviously, and neither can DOD. My guess is these probably were overwhelmingly valid payments. But the point is there is no documentation to prove that. And hence, they are improper, def- uh, improper payments under the law. I guess they're hoping if, if the best they can do is people could come forward and say, I got paid too much or I got an and, extra check. And almost certainly that happens in every case where, where it does happen, which is another reason to believe that these are probably mostly valid. But it but it does it does show some of the significant challenges ahead for the Pentagon. As I said, they discovered a uh, uh, about eight billion dollar problem in the military accounts last year. And so far, they've only resolved about two billion of that I should say this is not completely spread evenly across the entire Department of Defense. All indications are. It's mainly an Army and an Air Force problem, and the Navy and Marine Corps have really made significant progress toward minimizing these and getting their documentation ducks in a row. Um, the, the, in, in the case of the military, um, the, the Navy and Marine Corps improper payment rate is down below 1%. It's closer to uh, 6 to 8% in the case of the Army and the Air Force. And no chance of using a shared service from the Navy for these services that have all these big improper payment overpayments. I mean, it seems like just that's a good way to get around their own systems that they can't account for. Uh, yeah, and it, it, the, the military pay system is rather complicated. There is a shared service provider, the Defense Finance and Accounting Service, but th- those are really heavily reliant on feeder systems from the military services themselves. And that's the point of trying to get everybody to common enterprise resource planning systems, including in the personnel area. All right. And then, Scott, I wanted to ask you about one more service that I'm presuming still uses the Air Force systems, and that is Space Command is looking for headquarters. And in fact, I saw a congressman on television this morning on the monitor in my studio saying, hey, this is where it should be because we have the most space assets in my state. So how is that going? Where are they going to end up? All right. Well, we don't exactly know where they're going to end up, but they've definitely narrowed it down from about over, well, 24 communities down to six. And they're planning on adding in, in, in this final uh, you know, decision at the beginning of the year next year. So uh, right now they've narrowed it down to Kirkland Air Force Base in New Mexico, Offutt in Nebraska, uh, Patrick in Florida, Peterson in Colorado, Port San Antonio in Texas, and Redstone Arsenal in Alabama. Uh, you know, if I were a betting man, I would definitely put it on Colorado because, as you said, there are a lot of space assets there. And I would also bet that it was probably a congressperson from Colorado that was talking that you heard. Um, you know, now there's NORAD there and NORTHCOM operates out of there. There's also the Air Force Academy and there's plenty of space and wide open skies and lots of mountains. So uh, I would assume that they're going to end up there, but you never know. Things could go differently and it might end up somewhere else. No chance of putting it somewhere near Area 51. <laughs> Maybe, but, you know, the aliens might get them. All right. 
Federal News Network's Scott Mascioni and Jared Serbu. Thanks so much. Check out their latest DOD Reporter's Notebook. It's now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.